getting paper on this player. Haters, old news, money on the other line. So I'm not gonna hold you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is I'm Not Gonna Hold You, episode two, man. I am your host, Scott. You know to follow me at Barb Chair Scott on Twitter and Instagram. Follow HB Media TV at HB Media TV on Twitter and Instagram. Follow the Barber's Chair Network at Barber's Chair Net and Patreon, patreon.com backslash Barber's Chat Network. For anybody who was blowing up my line last week, Soprano Season 3 review is out right now. I know it took us forever to do it, but check it out. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to everybody who checked out Episode 1. I appreciate all the views, all the retweets, all the likes, all of that, man. It was very, very appreciated, man. And um, we're going to get right into it. We're going to start off with my sound-off for this week. This week's my sound off is going to go dedicated to the most ridiculous movie franchise of all time. And that is the Fast and the Furious. Uh, F9 just came out this week. Well, last weekend, F9, the Fast Saga. I'm not going to spoil the movie. I know there's a lot of y'all who love this movie series. And I'm not going to take that joy away from you of what this ridiculous movie is about. But I will say this. As a guy who I remember seeing the first Fast and the Furious when it came out 20 years ago. I'm aging myself right now, but I think I was like 13 when the first one came out. So I remember seeing the movie and I was just like, it's a dumbass movie. <laughs> and it just got continually to get ridiculous and more ridiculous. First three movies were about racing, just strictly street racing. Then you go into fast four and now we get into some mission impossible shit. Then five, six and seven and eight, these motherfuckers became the Avengers. And now, so I was just of the a crowd of people who like, Stop making these movies. Like, what are we doing here? They're not making no sense. The plots are terrible. And then I thought about it. Like, I'm a guy who I love the TV show Power, which is probably the most ridiculous television show on TV right now. And the first three seasons, I say, were very riveting television. But once Ghost went to jail and this motherfucker got out in two episodes after killing a police officer, I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't really fold on how believable this show is. So I'm trying to treat Fast and the Furious in the same vein. But... To me, when I look at this movie, it's a different, it's even more ridiculous even for Fast and the Furious standards. Like, you have your high action uh, sequences that make no sense. You got my man Dom Toretto jumping on buildings like he's Spider-Man and Timberlands in a wife beater with absolutely no scratches. He went through two and a half hours of this movie with no scratches. And so when I got done watching, and by the way, I went to the movie theater for the first time in a year and a half. The last movie I saw before this was like Bad Boys 3, which is another, which is a good movie, by the way. And I just really enjoyed being in the theater and missing that experience. But the movie itself, I feel like I'm glad that there were, that we're finally like maybe have one or two movies left in this saga because it's like, where are we going from here, man? <laughs> like, what more can you do? Like, you're going into space. Uh, you know, you're, you're doing these ridiculous uh, car crashes that make no type of sense. And the plot was freaking terrible. Like, the plot was like the worst plot of maybe all nine movies. So I beg of you, Vin Diesel, please look at me when I tell you this. Stop. For the rest of humanity, once, once these two come out and you finish the saga, no more. I don't want a Dom Toretto origin story. I don't want to, what we got in this movie was enough. I just want all of that to end properly. Like, just stop right there. So that's why I'm going to go with my sound off. Fast 9 is the most ridiculous movie I've ever seen in my life. It's the most ridiculous franchise I've ever seen in life. But for, for those of you who want to enjoy it, like even me, I, I, I will say that it's enjoyable, the series. You just got to treat it as this series makes no sense. The plot is terrible. The dialogue is terrible. But at least cars are blowing up. 
So that's what I'm going to say about that. But let's get into the rundown, man. We've got a lot of stuff to get into, a lot of things going on in the sports world going on right now. A hot topic right now, Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. I've got some news to, I don't want to say break on this episode, but I've got some uh, some interesting news that we know will be of interest to everybody. Now, I will say these are coming from a very reliable source. I wouldn't just be on this camera, on this show, just you know, getting out nonsense that doesn't make any sense. I'm getting this from a very reliable source. Uh, with Dame Lillard, uh, of course, we know Chauncey Billis was hired this week as the new head coach of the Portland Trailblazers. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes into that that we're not really going to get into, but Dame Lillard has been frustrated with this team since they got eliminated by the Denver Nuggets this past uh, couple weeks, a couple weeks ago in the first round of the playoffs. And, we you know, we all saw his Instagram post with the Nipsey Hussle quote, and now we're seeing the uh, coaching the coaching process that Dame is not like did not like how Chauncey Bills was hired. Not that he had anything against Chauncey Bills personally, but he wanted a coach that had more playoff experience or somebody that can take him to that next level. Because he's tired of these quick playoff exits. And so, from what I'm hearing right now, is Damian Lillard is flirting with teams. He's really trying to see, he's trying to force Portland's hand to make a move by next year's deadline to bring him in some type of help that can get him past the second round. And right now, I know I'm going to make Knicks fans excited when I say this, and I don't really like making Knicks fans excited, but one of the teams that Damian Lillard is flirting with is the New York Knicks. He's interested in going to the Knicks, and he's interested in bringing Kawhi Leonard with him. And that goes to my next point with Kawhi Leonard being very disappointed with the Los Angeles Clippers. Of course, the report came out last week. He doesn't like, uh, you know, what the training staff has been doing. We see that that was a problem in uh, San, San Antonio. And now also, he's also was upset with them with the news leaking that he lived in San Diego and all that type of nonsense coming in. And what's going to be interesting about that is he has a player option coming up this offseason. Now, from what I'm being told, this this can change. Of course, it's only June. A lot can happen within the next month, month and a half. But as of right now, it's looking like Kawhi Leonard wants to leave. And one of the two places that you need to look out for, I know this sounds crazy, but the Golden State Warriors is a place you need to look out for. He's interested in playing up there, playing with uh, Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. And also, he's been talking to Dame. And if Dame can somehow force his way to the Knicks, that would be something that, I would look forward, that you would look forward to right there, too. But also, a dark horse in this thing right now is the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks are a dark horse because of he would like to play with uh, Luka Doncic. They can have that little... Uh, you know, one in the, the forward type thing that LeBron and Kyrie had. And, of course, Luka isn't exactly like LeBron. You know, he can also play, uh, you know, a little bit of point guard. But this will help him get easier baskets with the ball being a Dame Sam majority of the time. And one thing that you need to look out for right here is the general manager, the new general manager of the Dallas Mavericks, Nico Harrison. That is Dame's guy. He used to work with Nike. He's real, real cool with Kobe. He's from Oakland. And if you look at the shot when he hit that game winner over PG in the playoffs like two years ago, Dame goes all the way down to the end of the court and he hugs somebody. That was Nico. So look forward to that. That's going to be a dark horse uh, team that could get involved in this also. Now, with all this being said, I would still expect that Dame Lillard will start the season with the Blazers, but this is something that he's going to be starting. You know, is he's on a, we're on disgruntled superstar alert. And that's why I say with all these different teams, why I'm anti-tanking, because you should build your team up and wait for the next starter to come up where you can potentially trade for. And so also Dame doesn't want to leave Portland. 
He's building a new house in there. It's going to be the biggest house in the history of Portland. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be getting, uh, you know, his family's going to be living there. And he likes to stay in the area. But he's going to be putting pressure on them. And this is a story that you can watch really all through this offseason. I think it's also going to go up until the All-Star break. And I would say if something doesn't happen by the All-Star break, then you can see this guy leaving. So those are a couple things that I will look forward to in that situation. It's going to be a very crazy offseason. So let's go on to our next topic. Scotty Pippen. <sighs> Where do I start with this, man? Scotty Pippen is one of the greatest players of all time. I'm just going to give all his accolades out right now. You know how Stephen A. always talks about LeBron. He's a great guy. He's a philanthropist and all that other stuff. Scotty Pippen is a top 50 player of all time. Scotty Pippen is one of the greatest players of that 90s. Scotty Pippen was the second greatest bull on that roster. And I say on that roster because I believe Derrick Rose is the second best bull of all time. But this is not a top five bull show. Uh He's, you know, he's Olympian. You know, I think he's got like two gold medals, six championships. But with that being said, man, Scotty Brokeman has been breaking my heart these last couple months. Um, you know, he's got a, a book coming out at the end of the fall that's going to be coming out soon. He's got a bourbon out right now called Digits. There you go, Scotty. I just gave you a plug. I'm pretty sure it's a Bevmo, uh, <laughs> Benny's, all that, all that shit in Chicago. You want to get it? Jewels and Jewel too. So get it over there. But. Scottie Pippen was actually my favorite player when I was a young kid, like when I was really introduced into basketball, mainly because we had the same name. You know, now, uh, you know, the way he's been going about the press since The Last Dance came out last year, kind of, kind of, it's, it, it's, it's not player-like, in my personal opinion. Now, of course, we're going to sound biased because I have this enormous Michael Jordan painting behind me, <laughs> and I do believe Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. But Scottie is to me, he, he, he kind of seems like he he's jealous a little bit. And just, you know, the, the way he's been going on about stuff for the last year. Thing about the last dance that really stuck out to me, he acts like they portrayed him wrong, and I don't agree with that. If you look at it, nobody put a gun to Scotty Head to be on, on the last dance. Like, there was even, like, a video on YouTube was kind of like a uh, like a cribs type thing where he was walking around the Chicago house and he had the last dance in one of the in one of the rooms. He actually plugged it on there, so you saw the film before it came out. Now all of a sudden you have a problem with it. Did the nineteen ninety four situation not happen? You know we can sit up here and talk about what went on about that. You know I don't care about the the Phil Jackson thing. You know him being a racist. That's not really you know breaking news. You know Shaq is also alluded to that in the past. And, you know, I don't, he would know better than I would. He's the one in the locker room with Phil. Phil's been the coach majority of his career. So I'm not going to be the one to sit up here and defend Phil Jackson. You know, I don't have any words for that. And also, I just don't give white people the benefit of the doubt also. So I'm not, <laughs> if you say Phil's racist, I'm going to listen to you. But when it comes to the situation about Tony Kukoc and the last minute shot, what people got to understand about it is this, whether he felt like it was wrong or not, you should never quit on your team. You should not sit out on this play because you're having a bitch fit on the sidelines. You can't do that, man. And whether he, you know, wants to admit it or not, that's going to always be a scar on his legacy. Now, we can sit up here and talk about it from the basketball aspect. I think it was a smart play. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and act like I wouldn't have felt a way if I was Scottie Pippen, you know, with Michael Jordan finally being gone. Yes, Pippen has a right to feel like he's the one that should take that shot. But this is a play that's also worked in the regular season before with uh, Tony Kukoc making that shot. And if you watch the game, Scotty did not have the greatest of fourth quarters in that game. The Bulls blew a 20-point lead in that game, which a lot of people don't remember. And Tony Kukoc is the better catch-and-shoot player. But 
I digress. With all that being said, you're going on about this, and then you go on these little promo runs. And, you know, you kind of let, you know, Dan Levitard and Stu guys put the battery in his back last week for him to be talking crazy about the Kevin Durant thing. And if there's one thing we know about KD, KD will always have time. It doesn't matter if he's a shoot-around. doesn't matter if he's getting treatment. KD going to get these tweets off. So when you go on here and you go on this GQ article, which had a lot of wild shit in there, the Charles Barkley shit, you know, saying that I've never seen him fight a black dude. He only gets tough with white people. I wouldn't be shocked that either because, you know, if you watch Chuck on Inside the NBA, you know, I just look I just look for him for the entertainment. Anything else in that aspect, I don't really respect. So I'm not really mad at him at that. But when you talk about Kevin Durant and say what he should have did and what he can't do and what type of player he is, it's like Scotty. You know, with, with all due respect, Scotty would jump off a building and have the talent that Kevin Durant has. Let's just be 100% real about this. And it's like, if you watch the series, you're talking about, oh, LeBron would have carried him that way. LeBron didn't even carry the damn Lakers against the Suns. What are we talking about here? <laughs> like, what exactly are we, are, are we doing? And it just feels like you're just running your mouth to be running your mouth. And I really feel like, you know, it's a it's an internal thing right now. And I hope, you know, there's not a deeper thing going on with Scotty. I mean, this with all seriousness. I'm not trying to, you know, crack any jokes. But I hope Scotty's doing better. You know, you know, we all know the situation. You know, we know he's been going through a lot over the past year. Uh, you know, with you know, death in the family, his wife's situation. I hope that things are getting better. But I just don't really like to see a 55 year old man out here acting up to sell some goddamn bourbon. Like that just doesn't really make that much sense to me. And I want Scotty to, you know, get whatever you know resentment he may have towards Michael Jordan out. Because it doesn't make any sense. And also, if you watch The Last Dance, Michael said on it, Scottie Pippen's the greatest team that I've ever had. I would have not won any championships without Scottie Pippen. We all know this. And I also want people who, you know, the, the little you know little narratives that's been going on about Scottie Pippen should have won the MVP in 94. It's total bullshit. <laughs> it's total bullshit. If you look at what was going on with Hakeem Olajuwon, look what was going on with uh, guys like, uh, you know, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson. That, that's, it doesn't make any sense. No, what Scotty did was great and, you know, leading to the 55 games. But you'd have thought, oh, they were in the East Conference Finals. He won for one fucking round. And it's just really that damn simple, man. So, Scotty, stop. Just stop for the love of God. Put the bourbon down and stop fucking talking. I beg of you. Now, let's go on to the Eastern Conference Finals, man. Now, of course, when you, I got to keep referencing this because last week, I know I saw people come in the comments like, oh, this game already happened. We record this the day before. So I'm just going to let you know right now, when you're watching this, game uh, five of the Eastern Conference will be tonight. But I will say this about the injuries. We don't know the severity of Giannis's injury. Of course, he's got the hyperextension in the knee. We don't know how much he's going to be out. Now, as a Bulls fan, I consider myself a knee doctor because of what happened with Derrick Rose. It don't look like he playing the rest of the playoffs, in my personal opinion. But with what's going on in the Eastern Conference Finals, if I'm the Atlanta Hawks right now, I see a golden opportunity. Trey Young messed up his ankle in a freak accident with that referee, but they're thinking he could play game five. And if I'm Trey, I'm hopping on this opportunity right now. And I take every shot in the world to get that ankle going because you're not going to get a better opportunity to go to the NBA Finals than what you have right now. And with all these injuries, I see a lot of people, you know, talking about the injuries, and this is the real asterisk season. I don't really like the word asterisk, despite how I feel about the bubble last year, which was a government experiment. I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, it's an asterisk ring. There's no such thing. You can look at every championship in the history of sports. doesn't matter. MLB, NBA, NFL, you can have a reason where you can say there could be an asterisk. It's really all about who's the last team standing injury-wise. And right now, you have to, Giannis has added to the long list of uh, players who got hurt. And it's a situation that the Atlanta Hawks should take advantage of. Because next season, 
you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Hawks. It's a lot different when you're the hunted instead of uh, the hunter, pretty much. And, you know, you don't know if you're going to get this opportunity or not. So I'm, I, as far as the way the game is being played, Coach Bud is, is terrible. And, and, you know, if anybody who's been watching, there's no reason, even with Giannis before he got hurt, that they should have been losing that basketball game. There's no Trey Young. You should have pummeled them. And it's just like certain, you know, uh, different moves he make that just don't make any sense coaching-wise. Like even in the last round against the Nets, why all of a sudden you're not playing Bobby Portis for these couple games against Kevin Durant? I'm not saying he's going to slow him down or anything like that, but you can at least put a body on him. That makes more sense. And so the Bucks are in a messed up position too because it's like it, it, this whole little, you know, injury situation, the NBA, if you're a team that, you know, usually wouldn't have this opportunity. If the Bucks don't win this year, I don't know when they're going to do it because we know Brooklyn's going to be back. We know Philly's going to be back. And your coach isn't making this situation any better for you, man. So I don't really know what's going to go on. I think this thing that's probably the most entertaining about this playoffs is it's really kind of unpredictable. Um, I would still say if Giannis doesn't play, and even if Giannis does play, you can't expect him to be 100%. I think Atlanta's in the driver's seat right now. I do think Atlanta's in the driver's seat. I do think uh, Trey Young will find a way to win game five and go out there and play. And we might actually have the Atlanta Hawks in the NBA Finals, which is something that none of us ever thought was going to happen in the beginning of your life. If you're somebody who's a gambler and you put money on that, you're about to win yourself a lot of money. So uh, it's just really interesting to see what's going on in that situation. Uh, I hope Giannis gets better. And this really just goes back to my problem that I've had with Adam Silver for the whole time. Like, last year, the bubble should have never happened. If you look at the ramifications that's going on right now, it's because of all the... It's damn near July. When you watch this, it's July. We're still fucking playing. We should not be going on. You had the players tell you at the beginning of the season, we need more rest. We need more rest, and now you're seeing all of it. And I know injuries happen, but we've never seen the amount of injuries to superstar players like we've seen right now. And that goes all the way to last year, you know, doing the bubble when I feel like they never should have did it. Should have just canceled to begin with. And now you're seeing basically, you know, what happened since there. So let's go to the West. Now, of course, when you watch this, the Clippers might be in Cancun by the time you watch this. I don't know. The Clippers might be in Cancun. We might be getting ready for a game seven on Friday night. But I will say this about the Clippers, and it's true whether they win or lose game five, I'm game six. And that is, the run that they've had this year, you've got to give it up to them. you got to give it up to Tyron Lue. Ty Lue is a coach who I felt like didn't get his just due for a long time because he felt like he's one of the coaches that LeBron carried. And just see out there and see this guy make all the adjustments. And you even had last year with Doc Rivers when he got hired by Philly say that Ty Lue was on the sideline with me. And to me, it was a real salty comment by him because he uh, left that situation and got fired. And Ty Lewis is going down. He's taking every inch. I mean, this is a team that doesn't have Kawhi Leonard. This is a team that doesn't have Serge Ibaka. This is a team that, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on them. They're going up against a team that had the second-best record in the league, and they just keep, keep coming back. They're the most unpredictable team in the entire playoffs all year. Like, it's a team that I'm done, I'm done predicting. Every time I think the Clippers are finished, they raise their hand out the ground like the Undertaker. Every time I think that, you know, oh, they're going to win now, they lose. So you just need to sit back and just watch how entertaining this team is. And with Paul George, I got to give it to Paul George. Now, I don't know how this series is going to end, and it kind of doesn't really matter to me because I think Paul George is one of those guys who just got slandered for no reason. And it's kind of like a cool thing to do on Twitter. And I'm not opposed to, you know, slandering players on Twitter. I do it all the time. I'm not going to sit up here and act like I don't do it. But 
I feel like there should be reasons for it. Like Paul George before the injury, people forget. Playoff P was a real thing. Now, not the name, but he was out there delivering when he's with the Indiana Pacers. When they're back-to-back conference finals, those games, when he was going head-to-head with LeBron James in those two in those two conference finals, and he was looking at the one up-and-coming uh, guys in the league. And then he gets hurt, he comes back, and he calls himself Playoff P. And it's like anybody just finds whatever reason to slander him. And he's been balling out this postseason. I got to give it to him no matter what happens in this series. And I'm not a, a moral victory type of guy. I believe you play to win the game. Like Hermet was said, like there's no, there's no coming in second or any low type of place to me, but I will say if you're the Clippers in this situation where you're missing your best player, you're missing role players and all these different situations come out, you should be proud of yourselves for what happened this year. And just Paul George uh, going through, this is something that they can build on. Um, and on the other end for the Phoenix Suns, man, Chris Paul, and, and this is just, you know, Chris Paul to me is like this is another golden opportunity for him. Like if it's not going to happen now, when's it ever going to happen? And I feel like, you know, he needs to find a way to incorporate the rest of the guys without. I feel like the pace is a little bit slower when he's not, you know, when he's on the game since he's come back from the little COVID situation. And, uh, it's kind of winner, 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 go home for him right now because he's been in a situation where he's been up 3-1 and, and he didn't, you know, go out there and, and take care of what he needs to be taken care of. So I'm really interested in looking, you know, what's going to happen with that. Like I said, when this is over, when y'all hit us, that motherfucker might already be in the finals. So I don't know. But my main uh, topic with this is about the Clippers. The Clippers are doing good. You got to give it to Ty Lue. And they have something, a good foundation, I feel like, to believe, to build off of because last year they didn't even get to the conference finals. And if you'd have told me, Two years ago, when the Clippers got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, when the Lakers traded Anthony Davis and this, and you'd have told me, our Clippers are going to be the first team to host the West Conference final game in the Staples? I'm like, yeah, out of your mind. So I just got to give him credit for that and uh, everything, all the work that Ty Lue has been doing over there. Now we're going to get into some baseball. For anybody who doesn't watch baseball, I'm sorry. <laughs> this might be the part where you log off on this show. And I, I, I don't apologize because I feel like we need to talk about all type of sports. So I'm going to talk about my favorite baseball team right now, the Chicago White Sox. Right now, they are number one in the AL Central. Two and a half game lead up on the Cleveland uh, racial slurs. I will not call them by the name that they should be, that should have been changed a long ass time ago. Uh, it's a lot of things going on on the South Side right now. You've got a lot of injuries. We have to be probably the most injured team in the league. With Eloy Jimenez on the IL, Luis Robert on the IL, Nick Madrigal is out for the rest of the year with the with the hamstring tear, and you've got all type of other injuries we've dealt with the entire season, yet we're still standing here. And I think this goes to my uh, point with championship windows. I feel like this is a real important time over the next month with the trade deadline coming up that the White Sox GM Rick Hahn needs to go out there and make the proper moves to take this team to they can be a favorite to win a championship because I feel like it's really winnable right now. Uh, look at all the teams that came into this season that are supposed to be the favorites. Nobody's really running away with it. I mean, the Padres have gotten hot over the last two weeks. They're still like four games behind in their division. The Dodgers have not been the world beaters that we thought they were going to be. Granted, they've had some injuries. Corey Seager's still out. Corey Bellinger just came, Cody Bellinger just came back, and he's been on the IL twice this year. Uh, and then they've got a situation going on with the whole Trevor Bauer thing, and that's a whole other thing we're not going to get into. But... Uh, Everybody, the Yankees stink. 
which I said in the preseason, the Yankees were not going to be good. You can't trust that pitching. They're too home run heavy. And that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, the Astros are looking like the team that they've been over the last couple years. But if you're the White Sox, you're right in the mix. You need to go out there. You need to fill those holes. You need to go out there, get you a second baseman that can fill in because Nick Magic was not going to come back. Yes, we got the good news uh, yesterday that Luis Robert is going to be cleared to do baseball activities. That means he'll be able to do a rehab assignment in about a month. And that means he should be on, on target to come back mid-August, which is about a month, month and a half earlier than we thought that he was going to be able to come out. <laughs> Eloy Jimenez should be back in starting lineup in a month. But that shouldn't be an excuse to not go out there and make moves to make this team uh, a favorite to win a championship. Now, we have a very cheap-ass owner in Jerry Reinsdorf who likes to do the bare minimum. And with these windows, I know you got all these guys, Tim Anderson, Yoan Mankata, all these guys under contract for the next, next six to seven years. But this is sports. Championship windows go by. Injuries happen, as we're seeing now, with half of our team being ravaged by injuries. This team will probably be maybe 10 games up in the division if we were healthy right now. So you got to take advantage. And on top of all that, we don't even know if there's going to be baseball next year with the possible lockout. And you've got all the things going on with Rob Manfred and how the players can't stand him. So take advantage of it right now. The number one thing I hear White Sox fans say that I hate when I hear them say is you don't want to be the Cubs. I would love to be the Cubs. Look at what the Cubs have done over the last six years. It's the best one they've had in history of their franchise. Went to three straight uh, National League Championship Series, won a World Series, and have been in contention every year. It's not a foregone conclusion that you're going to go out there and win three, world, three or four World Series. That just doesn't happen. There's been a reason why we haven't had a, ba- a back-to-back champion in the majors in 20 years because that shit is hard. So take advantage of it right now. I am begging the front office to add more to this team and go for it right now. Don't lollygag about it. I don't care about prospects. I don't want to hear about who's in the farm system, all those young guys. You're trying to win now. Take advantage of championship windows. And this goes for sports in general. Championship windows come and go. When we have a chance to win a championship, you got to do it. And that's like also what I said about the Bucks and about the Suns and about the Hawks. You don't know when this opportunity is going to happen. So take advantage of it. Uh, you know, I don't want the typical White Sox thing where they go out there and like, well, you know, if you look at the injuries that we have, the players come back off the injured list, those are kind of like trade accusations. No, they're not. They're not at all. So go out there and make the moves, man, and I think we can have a parade on the south side. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'm not going to hold you episode two. We've got another guest this week, man. We've got a very special guest this week. We've got my guy, the homie, a mentor of mine, the guy who I like to call the godfather of Chicago. We've got the one and only Merck Murphy in the house, man. You can follow him on Twitter at Merck Sees. Uh, Merck, what's going on, bro? Chilling, man. Chilling, man. I'm good, man. I appreciate you for having me on. Congratulations on the show. Thank you. Oh, man. Obviously a big fan of all, all the whole network is doing, man. So, you know, th- thanks for reaching out, man. Man, it's always, I've, I've been trying to get, you know, everybody, you know, help me in the beginning of my journey on this show. You know what I'm saying? I had uh, Bang and, and, and Jared Payton on last week. You know what I'm saying? So it's only good to have, only right to have you on, bro. Like, you're probably like the number one guy who's got push me into, you know, what I'm doing right now. For those of you who don't know, I've known um, this guy probably about whew, what, 13 years now. Something like that, man. Like, like late millennium, man. You yeah, know, like around 08, 09. Like, and the funny thing about it is like our relationship started through arguing about Kobe and the Celtics. 
Yeah. Like, during that yeah. little era where they was battling. It was like on Facebook, I think it was. And it was. Yeah, I remember you guys, you, Peter, and all the Payola uh, fam, y'all had the uh, Chicago, um, State Chicago after party. I think it was like 09, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, and that. Man, and- just be, so y'all know, man, Scott, he always been ahead on the curve of, like, articulating his, his fucking harsh opinions and, like... <laughs> Speak my said, truth. Like, he, yeah, like, that's, that's, that's... He kind of, like, really was one of the forefathers of, of shit talking on, on Facebook, you know, and he brought that over to Twitter. I kind of pushed him in that direction. And, you know, obviously it's led to him being one of the premier podcasters out here right now, man, so... Appreciate yeah. it, bro. And even the thing about Twitter, that's the funny thing about Twitter. Is I remember you text me. It had to be like early 2010, late 2019, late 2009, early 2010. He was, yeah. like, he was like, man, there's a shit called Twitter. You need to sign up on it. I was like, Twitter? What the fuck is a Twitter? Like, and bro. we see what it is now. So he's <laughs> ahead of the curve, man. But let's get into yeah. it, bro. Um, We're going to talk about a whole bunch of topics, man. But let's start off. We all know you watch hoops. We all, that's, you know, that's how our relationship started over basketball. What's your mm-hmm. opinion on this year's NBA playoffs? You know, with all the injuries, you know, all the kind of matchups we didn't see, all the young blood kind of rising. What, what's your what's your opinion on everything going on? Man, this this season right now, man, it's, it's really testing the stability of, of the product, like, because it's, it's trying to survive in like some harsh times, you know, it's a lot of competition out there, like finding them, like the pandemic happened at the worst time for the NBA, yeah. like as TikTok was blowing up as like, we were getting more and more like just engulfed in other, you know, content consuming products. Like they were hit with one of the worst, you know I mean? Things that could have happened to it. So like, Going into this season, like, I think we've seen a lot of, like, just backfire from them leaning so heavy on the back of the jerseys opposed to the front. So, like, we just put so much emphasis on the stars. And now, without no stars being around, you know, it's hard to attract new fans because we ain't cared about teams in, you know, 20 years. So, like, well, here's, a, here's a question, not to cut you off. Here's actually a question for you, like, a kind of a business question, because I've had this discussion with people about, you know, people caring about the name of the jersey more the front. Do you think that's a bad thing for the league? And do you think the league kind of, like, did a bad job of not, you know, talk about anything that wasn't LeBron or Steph Warriors involved right. over the last, what, five, six years? I mean, it started with, you know, our hometown, hometown hero, Jordan, man. And, mm-hmm. like, once it became, like, they seen that that was a product that would attract all the external brands, whether it's McDonald's, Nike, everybody else. Like, they, they, they – they didn't necessarily forecast it properly because now, you know, um, I, I do think it's a bad thing because number one, it's a team sport. Right. It's just counterproductive to the truth of the sport. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, you know, outside of the fact that, like, you know, just it's too much weight on anybody's shoulders, LeBron, Jordan, anybody. Like, because, hell, you know, shit happens. And, you know, when that happens, is is like, you know, now you rush into, like, the, the biggest star in the playoffs right now was what Chris Paul. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that should not be the. That should, definitely should never ever be the case. Most basketball <laughs> fans, like don't like Chris Paul. Yeah. Most basketball fans don't like most. You know, maybe chicks do and shit like that. But you know, is 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 super counterproductive to the product, and they trying to learn on the fly on how to like, you know, like deal with like transitioning. But the basketball itself is 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 like I've enjoyed it. I like um you know I, I like what Phoenix. Did. Phoenix is doing, um, you know, Paul George reclaiming his, you know, let me not say reclaiming, but kind of earning the respect that, yeah. you know, uh, we assumed he would have a long time ago. 
Um, and, and Trey Young, like, is is he's kind of like you know the Hawks are like breaking the rules of what's supposed to happen with a franchise, like, right? And like taking this whole narrative away is like even the NBA leaning so heavy onto the stars, like they dumped so much in the loop over the past two and a half years that like now Trey Young is this thing, and they like, oh fuck, like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it was right there, like we right. missed the ball on Trey Young. We've been telling y'all, you know, Luca the white savior, and now. This kid probably maybe going to the finals. You know what I mean? And so. the thing about trade is dope too. Is like I feel like you're finally giving Atlanta a reason to care about basketball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it, Georgia in general is a football state. You know, and it's you yeah. know, and it's really not even the Falcons. It's more like Georgia Tech and you know, yeah, it's, Georgia. It's a, college. it's a college state. You right. know what I'm saying? So for them to have you know a guy like Trey Young, I think is is awesome for the league. Now with all these injuries we've got, you know, Giannis went down in game. Four, and you know Trey had his issues. We don't know if Trey is going to play Game Five. Who do you think is going to win the championship? You think it's Phoenix? Can the Clippers actually? Now, when you record this Game Six, when we when y'all see this Game Six be over, so the Clippers might be in Cancun right now, or it might be a Game Seven. Yeah. So, yeah. I um, I kind of you know who I think and who I want. Like I think that honestly, I think the Hawks are most equipped to win. Okay. Frankly, because I think they have the most wild cards. And I think that, like, when it, like this season has proven that wild cards probably are more valuable than, like, you know what I'm saying? It's that, this that hand you need them, like, nine of spades and, like, them, you know what I mean? Like, all once all the jokers are gone and all the aces and all that, right. it's a team that, like, you know, I mean, obviously health is hurting them, but I, I, I think that uh, the Bucks, like, I, I like them a lot, but like they just and Chris Middleton is probably, in my opinion, the best basketball player on both ends, the best two way player left in the in the in, you know, the playoffs. Like non injury wise. Yeah, non injury wise. Gotcha. Okay. You know, um, I mean, Freak is, you know, it's a really fast center. You know what I'm saying? But like I, I haven't seen him really adjust to counters as much and like obviously he gets afraid at the free throw line, right? But like, um, and and Devin is is is. I mean, I like him a lot, but I I think that like um, I heard Charles Barkley say something that I always refer to that um, he he was talking about Russell Westbrook when he said it. He said, "Man, he's the type of player that gets mad at you." And takes it out on the offensive end, but never the defensive. Yeah, yeah, and that's you why I don't like the Kobe comparisons because right, Kobe you know do it on both ends. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's the only knack on Devin game. You know what I'm saying? And I see Pat Bev giving him, like, giving him a really hard time. Fits. <laughs> giving him a really hard time, man. And so, like, watching how he, like, reacts to this is going to be, you know, huge. Because Paul, like, Chris, he he can oversee all that. Like, yeah. And, like, just how, like, most people like Pat Bev. And I like Pat Bev. I like Chris Paul for those same reasons. Because it's like, man, you want some bullshit, Joe. Like, you want this bitch at, like... All that shit, I love it. You right. know what I'm saying? I think I'm biased with with, with Pat Bev because he's from Chicago. Like when people would be like, Are you really like Pat Bev? I'm like, my Chicago is not allowed me to answer that question. Like I I I defend him just because I'm from the crib. But they him and CP do kind of do the same annoying yeah. thing, which I thought was hilarious when Chris Paul almost flopped himself in the injury and, and Pat right. Bev was doing the little flop thing. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. But uh so actually what you bring up about 
uh, Devin Booker and, you know, with people talking about they don't do it on, on both ends, that's to me is like why I kind of feel like he'd be more of a Ray Allen prime type more than Kobe. Yeah. Like Kobe was, was both ends. And then with Pat Bev thing too is like, he had him locked up. Like I was at game four. Hey, brother, what's the mask? Like, no, nah, I ain't the mask. He didn't lock his ass, locking his ass up. Like huh. <laughs> he's getting up in his shit. He definitely is, man. But like, I, I, at the end of the day, man, like you know, I think the best team, you know, obviously the Bucks are. You know, they strong. They got a lot of pieces. You know, Phoenix is it falls in that boat. And and but I just think that the way this is going, you know, Atlanta sits in a solid fourth seat out of all four of these teams, mm-hmm. but. The way things have gone, like they got the momentum. Be last. Like yeah. it's just, it's just so. What's like the- if. That's how I feel about it. But go ahead. It's definitely gonna be an interesting finals. Not a finals that we expected, but let's uh let's move on to Chicago. On to my Chicago hip hop man. Of course, I call you the Godfather oh. of Chicago oh. because. If there's no way that you had anybody who's been involved in the Chicago scene entertainment wise who didn't have, you know, any interaction with you. So what do you think, you know, where Chicago hip hop has come over this last decade, you know, from Chief Keith, where it's going now? What do you think about how it's going right now? What the future of it can be? Man, I think Chicago hip hop is is in um like is most like it, it has the most upside of any market in, in in America when it comes to music, in my opinion. I think that, you know, the talent is is kind of like we we shot past that, you know, that honeymoon stage of like get on ASAP and like people are settling into the arts and like those glass walls are kind of being broken down. You see a lot of people like spending time in different neighborhoods around different people that they, you know, typically wouldn't spend time with it. Even somebody like, you know, um, Polo G, like who's like uh, like outside of this realm that's so new that's like, you know, and almost kind of like bringing a, 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 a mm, I don't know, like kind of fulfilling sort of, a, I don't know, I guess they call it like emo rap, but like yeah. more like emotional stuff on that front. Like it is, is, is like, we got a lot of people in the game, man, that represent, you know, such a vast variety of flavors, man. And, I think that we're in a perfect position, you know, it's just um, the talent kind of shot past the stages. Like that's what typically would happen here. Like um, say, for example, if you popping in, in New York and like your breakout moment is a show at SOBs or something, you know what I'm saying? Right. But like uh, and maybe, you know, a, a, a flex freestyle. Like so like those essential turning points, Chicago has always kind of been tardy on as a whole. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like. By the time they try to call you for, you know, to come on the radio or, you know, some people can't even, hell, I just got into it with police let all-star break trying to do G Herbo at Metro. So it's like, you know, the relationship with the city and the talent, you know, um, it's, it, it, it has nowhere to go, but, uh, right. you know what I'm so, uh, and, and I think that's, you know, a lot closer now than it was in years past. Well, I definitely agree with that. I think even since, you know, me and Pavley left, like, it's been, like, a lot of different things, like, showing up. And even with Polo G, I wasn't aware of, like, like I said, I don't listen to new shit. Like, I've completely gone right. into my old nigga uh, phase, you know, like, I've, you know, hey, which, which which I'm at right now. But, I like, even him, I saw him in the White Sox commercial. I've seen in some of these uh, NBA commercials. I've heard some of his songs. So, shout out to him. Uh, we're going to assume, while, you know, as we get you out of here, you know, you have Complex 2010, which is the premier, uh, you know, I guess you can call it creative space in Chicago that's been going off about 
11 years now, man. It's y'all in y'all second space. Let everybody know where they can get in tune uh, with y'all and you know, everything. Yeah, man. Um, Complex 2010. That was the year we were founded. And, you know, obviously it's the website too. So all the links, all the um, engineers there. Um, we're right here in the South Loop, um, 2635 South Wabash. Um, all the handles are the same, CMPLX2010. Um, and, and myself is, um, as he said, Twitter, Merck says, Instagram, Merck sees, and, it kind of goes on and on and on throughout the, the virtual space. So, man, that's that's about it. All right, man, it's time for our Goofy Mog of the Week. I had a lot of candidates for the Goofy Mog of the Week. First, I was going to go Scotty Pippen, and I was like, Nah, Scotty, I just want to have a talking to about it. I don't think he did anything, quote-unquote, goofy. Then I was going to talk about Adam Silver with all the injuries and stuff. I'm like, I'm kind of, you know, talk about that. But then this morning, man, we're going to get a little serious right now, man, with this situation, man. This morning we saw uh, Bill Cosby be getting out of jail um, due to a technicality of an illegal system. And I guess he was something the prosecutor messed up. And, you know, one thing that I've seen on the Internet kind of made me sick to my stomach is all the different apologists we have, like, you got to look at it, man. Just because he's out of jail doesn't mean he's not guilty. You know, he got out of jail because the prosecutor fucked up. And you got everybody coming out saying, oh, well, this is what you get. And, uh, you know, justice has been served. And we're seeing it from a lot of people in Hollywood. And we're seeing a lot of people on, you know, social media really showing their asses right now. And I always say about this, whatever, any type of situation. You got 60 people coming out and telling the same damn story. 60 people ain't lied on nobody, bro. Ain't nobody on planet of six people that got together like we finna lie on this motherfucker. And so I just really feel like a lot of people are telling on themselves right now. We need to hold these people accountable and we need to go out there and we need to, uh, you know, protect our women right now. I just feel like if you're a woman, you know, out right now, you don't feel as comfortable. You know, I've had a lot of stories from like homegirls, you know, you know, women who I dated and just family members who told me all these different scary situations they've had with men. And you can see a guy who gets off from this case, when there's multiple, I'm just about even like over 50 people accusing you of something and kind of makes you feel like you don't really even matter. And I just feel like you got to turn the goofy down, man. You got to turn the goofy on. We got people out here. I was really shocked to see, you know, Felicia Rashad go out there and say, oh, justice has been served. You know, I would expect more from her, uh, you know, and it's just really corny to me, man. We need to go out there and we need to, uh, you know, not, you know, you know, put ourselves, you know, put, try to put people out there and protect them because you want a job in Hollywood. And that type of shit is corny to me. So I got to give the goofy mog of the week to everybody out there acting like justice was served because some shit got fucked up. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's just something that you just got to look at the facts and people got to read shit too. people read a headline. Oh, he's got, Oh, well, yeah, that means, you know, he didn't do it. The motherfucker did it, bro. Like, so I just really just want all type of uh, all these ridiculous comments to stop, man, and just be more mindful of what we're saying. I know that's asked for a lot because Twitter is a fucking hellhole, but I just got to give my give more everybody out there who's really protecting this dude. And the funny thing about it is Bill Cosby don't give a fuck about you. All these dudes out there saying all this type of shit. I seen 50 Cent tweet about it. Like, them, you the type of dudes he don't like. He didn't want to tell you pull up your pants and, you know, rap music is, does all this type of other shit. He don't even like you. So why are you out there caving for him, man? So enough is enough. I'm tired of it, and we got to get him the fuck out of here, and I hope he burns in hell. That's what I got to say about that. That is my Goofy Mog of the Week.
Thank you, everybody, for joining us again. Episode two. I'm not gonna hold you, man. I thank my guest, Mark Murphy. I thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, you know where to follow me on Twitter at Barbchair Scott. You can also follow me on Instagram with the same name. Follow uh HB Media, HB Media TV. Uh, you can follow the Barber's Chair Network at Barber's Chair Net on Twitter and Instagram. Go to patreon.com backslash Barber's Chair Network right now. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We appreciate we appreciate you. And as usual, man, we will be back next week. We out. Money on the other line, so I'm not gonna hold you. Money on the other line, so I'm not gonna hold you. Money on the other line, so I'm not gonna hold you.